Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. Now, enjoy this episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to another edition of DIY Money. Wow, that was nice. DIY Money. Yeah, that was nice, like, like what? That was like, like soft and sultry. Voice, Daniel. Yeah, we're going to like need a whole new audience for that one. <laughs> Enough bro talk. All right, let's go. Okay. Odds and ends. Check out Insta, DIY.money. Hey, the tribe. We went, I don't know what happened. A couple weeks we like, boom, influx. Everybody was flowing. Now we got no no new people. But the DIY tribe is rocking on Facebook. Um, let's get right to our question because we have, I love this question. Just because I could listen to this woman's voice for hours. Elizabeth, what do you got? DIY! Hey, guys. My husband and I want to begin converting some of our pre-tax retirement savings into Roth accounts. We have approximately 10 to 12 years before we'll need it, hopefully. My husband has a rollover IRA from a previous employer, and I have a 401k that I'm actively contributing to. My 401k contributions go into the Roth side while my company match goes into the pre-tax side. Should we start our conversions with his rollover IRA or with my 401k, or does it matter? He is 58 and I'm 49. Love the podcast. Thanks. I love this question. We do a tremendous amount of rollover conversions uh, in uh, Roth conversions in our office strategically, which we'll talk about in a second. But before we go down that road, I'm going to give you three options. Tennessee, Alabama, or North Carolina. Where's Elizabeth from? She didn't tell us, by the way. No. That's a pretty diverse... Those are those three areas. I'm here's what I'm gonna say. Yeah. Uh, I I want to say North Carolina. Why not South Carolina? Is it that distinct? North Carolina. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe. Or it could be Georgia. Oh no! I think it. I'm gonna go Tennessee. Interesting. Tennessee. It's a great accent. I love it, Elizabeth. Sounds like my wife after she's had a couple uh, spritzers. <laughs> she gets Which real would be a Kentucky. southern. Real Southern. Eastern Kentucky. That's right there in Tennessee. Mm. Anyways, all right, let's go. Okay, I'm going to – I'll let the CFP probably dive further, much further into this. I I would say, first of all, um, there it would be easy to bunt on this one and say it depends because it, it really does. There's so much – there's so many factors that go into this. Um, age uh, of each person and ultimately when – uh, that required minimum distribution is going to take place, et cetera. Let me, let me, I think, preface, and I'll let you add to this. Let me, let me mm-hmm. preface why people are doing this or why people are looking to this. So first of all, when you, when you convert IRA to Roth IRA, IRA is pre-tax dollars. So you have put money in that has not been taxed, or you got a tax credit for that, and therefore you don't get deduction. a deduction. You don't you have not paid tax on that money. When money comes out of an IRA, it is taxed as ordinary income. So the concern is, people looking forward, if and when you need to take money out of your IRA, we could be in a situation where brackets are higher, therefore you're paying a higher income tax, or 
you have to take so much out of your IRAs that no matter what, even if brackets stay the same, it pushes you into new tax brackets. So it becomes a tax burden in retirement that a lot of people don't plan ahead for. There's many strategies, one of which is converting money from an IRA to a Roth IRA. Why would you do that? Two reasons. Number one, you, upon the conversion, pay tax now at your current income tax bracket. Once the money goes into the Roth, it's never taxed again. So that's that's positive number one. There's a few more positives, but I'm going to just use these two. The second one is, is that unlike an IRA, a Roth IRA doesn't have what's called a required minimum distribution for the primary holder. So the required minimum distribution says this. At age 72, you are required to start taking money out of your IRA. So even if you don't need it, even if you have saved and you have other monies, you have a lot in a Roth, whatever it may be, the government's going to look at your IRA and say, hey, now you got to start taking money out and we need our tax. So that becomes a potential tax hazard way down the road, especially if you're talking about growth over time. Once you move that money into a Roth, you've paid tax on it currently. You never pay tax on it again. And you don't fall subject to the required minimum distribution. There's a a third benefit for the beneficiaries, but we're not going to talk about that. We'll talk about that another time, or I'll let Daniel talk about that. The challenge is is how much to convert, when to convert, how to convert, etc. And these are great questions. And maybe Daniel can answer this specifically for you, but I would be asking yourself a couple of things before you make a decision. What is it going to do to your tax bracket currently? And is there a more advantageous time to convert when you might be in a lower tax bracket? Let me give you an example. Let's say instead of converting now, you start socking a lot of money away in a non-retirement investment account or Roths or whatever it is, so that when you first retire, you are able to use that money as your first line of defense for your income needs. Because it's already been taxed, more than likely, there's not well, there's not any income tax on it. There might be capital gains or or, or interest on or tax on the dividends and interest, but it's not like taking money out of out of your retirement account. By using that money, you could find yourself in a much lower tax bracket for a couple of years, maybe depending on how you plan, one, five, seven years. I mean, however, however you plan it. If you find yourself in a much lower tax bracket at that moment. Then you could look and say, oh, how much can we convert from this IRA to a Roth IRA while we find ourselves in this low tax bracket? So I'd love to just say, oh, well, convert your husbands and this is how much. And It's not that easy. You're on the right path strategically, but there's a little bit more that you have to calculate and look at. And you could potentially, instead of converting currently, you could potentially alter your savings a little bit and set yourself up to do massive conversions in the early stages of retirement and then set yourself up for a much brighter future. Yeah, pretty spot on. I kind of bunted without bunting. Why? Well, I I would love to tell her what to do, 
Yeah, it, we can't. I mean, I mean, not. I mean, we can't give individual advice, but it's that is such a complex. We have to subject run the math. Matter. Yeah, there is math that has to be run. So when I'm sitting down with somebody doing this analysis, we're looking at multiple things. Obviously, and you went through most of these. Uh, where you are in your current tax bracket. So I'm going to take a look at your uh, income taxes uh, this year, last year, and then we're going to calculate potentially where you are this year. Uh, I'm going to look at where you'll be in your first couple years of retirement based on what we know about taxes today. So tax cuts and job acts expiring, things like that. Uh, So we're going to project that out. We're going to try to figure out when you want to or need to or desire to take Social Security. And then we'll do a calculation on based on everything we know and asset growth assumptions, what your RMD is going to be at age 72. Then also we're going to look at whether or not you have kids and sort of we roughly estimate kind of what tax sort of situation they're going to be in around your life expectancy. And then we put all that together in a picture and go, should you convert? When should you convert? Uh, What's the best decision and why for you? Uh, and take a look at all that. So those are kind of the factors that a financial planner is really going to dive into and, and dialogue with you. There's a lot of uh, analysis and calculations that go into it, but that's, that's why you work with a financial planner. Uh, so specifically in in this situation, does it matter whether or not uh, you take it or a spouse takes it? Generally, there's not a lot of factors that would go into that particular decision for me. What about if, if let's say, the male spouse was mm-hmm. 10 years older? Yeah, in that instance, when you're talking about RMDs, uh, one starting significantly at a different time than the other, potentially. Um, things we would look at, at yeah, are ages, uh, retirement account balances, things like that. What really becomes a stickler for me is looking at and projecting out the RMDs at age 72. Are they significantly more than your projected need? Mm. So is it... Cause Having an RMD is not a bad thing, required minimum distribution. If it's going towards meeting your annual expense, like you would pull that money out anyhow. If you're going to have to pull that money anyhow, out anyhow to um, reach your monthly expenses, then it's a wash. Uh, you would have had that regardless. Now, if we run a projection and we find out that you're having to pull out, and I mean, this is not atypical for people who've saved up in uh, 401ks for you know multiple decades. You're having to pull out 30, 40, 50,000 more per year per the government than you actually need. That's taking on tax for no real good reason. So we look at ways to sort of structure those and reduce that when we can. Uh, plus, the big rule now with your heirs, uh, assuming it sticks for the next couple decades, is they have to pull uh, out of an inherited IRA within 10 years. However, if that's in a Roth, the tax consequences are significantly less. So there's a lot of moving parts here. This is this is a good discussion. I mean, when you're working with a financial planner, it's not just like, how much do I save per month? It's yeah. like, here's all these various different objectives. Help me walk through these. Help me, you know. Uh, and some of these are kind of like conflicting goals and ideas and, and so forth. And that's what... Uh, that's what a professional sort of walks through. So, yes, uh, there are instances when maybe one IRA versus the other would be important. Uh, I'm assuming because she mentioned that she has the option uh, with the 401k to roll a portion out, do a conversion or convert it in there. That's not the case for everybody. Um, so that's something to uh, not just assume uh, if you're listening that you can definitely convert the employer match portion that's in your 401k to a Roth IRA without something like that being in the plan documents. Final thing I want to say, I would caution you, because I hear this sometimes, is this strategy 
as an emotional response to where you think taxes are going. So, for example, every once in a while I run into somebody who says, oh, my goodness, we're going back to a 90% top tax bracket. Believe it or not, in this country we had a 90% top tax bracket. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So their natural response is we've got to do all that we can right now. Oh, my goodness, they're going to change capital gains tax rates to income tax rates, and we're going to be in the 90% tax bracket. Let's sell everything that we own that has a capital gains tax rate. I would caution you against that. Is it possible? Yes. But if that's your catalyst for making these sort of moves um, without a without really looking at the strategy, the big picture strategy and actually having a plan, I would caution you against that because that's more of an emotional decision based on your view of the future, which may or may not be accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully I told the line there uh, pretty pretty well. <laughs> So, you know, just maybe this isn't maybe maybe she says, well, that's not the case at all. Like, no, Mm -hmm. I didn't even think about that. But if that is the case, then I think we have to take a step back and say, okay, let's say that that's not the case. We're not going to get to a 90 percent. tax. You know, what are the other options? And again, I think at the end of the day, um, and this is not why I use this question, but at the end of the day, these are great subject matters. This is why you work with a planner. We get questions uh, about planning a lot and someone says but if i can just invest on my own why would i why would i pay you like these are the numbers we run (laughs) to save people thousands and thousands of dollars in many instances we just did this the other day for somebody to say look for five years you're going to be in a zero percent tax bracket we've got to do a conversion here and they were like holy cow you mean i wouldn't just use my ira no you wouldn't we would set we would use this account over here for the first five years we would convert to roth Mm -hmm. you would basically move all of your money out of IRAs into Roth IRAs never pay the never pay income tax on that money after you do it at this moment at a much lower tax bracket and right there right at that moment like the light bulb went off and was like oh my goodness like this is why you use a, a yeah. certified financial plan we get plan. pretty jazzed up and excited about saving people money and making their financial plan successful in the long term so We're geeks um, like that yeah it's pretty geeky uh, i mean i i get pretty geeked out at my desk uh, this is a good note though that diversification is not just investment diversification. Diversification is also tax uh, and asset location diversification. So what that means is if you've been saving up in a 401k uh, tax deferred, you know, for your entire professional career, there's ways to diversify some of that, um, those tax uh, deferred accounts into tax-free accounts or taxable accounts. And that's something that a financial planner is going to look at it and really try to work towards your benefit on. Awesome. Let's wrap it up. That was a great question. Let us know where you're from. I'm going to say Tennessee. Daniel's saying nothing. I'm not school. I'm a northern boy. I'm not schooled in the southern accents. Bless his heart. I mean, it's not that they all sound the same, but I I can't pick out. It could be Georgia. Uh, Doubting yourself is like the coffee uh, blind taste test, huh? Now you're doubting. You always go with your gut. You got to go with your first one. Well, my very first one would have been North Carolina, but... But it's somewhere it? there. Ah! Anyways, I really hope know. you write in and tell All us. right, let, let, let's wrap it up. Uh, secret to wealth, very simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card.
This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.